to On the Block with Stricken Bach on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. We are on the block here on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. You can see us on the Starter Heyman Videos Jewelers, or Jewelers video stream uh, if you want to see our smiling faces. We, uh, at least for myself. I have a face for radio, but uh, that's all right. We're, 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 you, I mean, you can still go there. You want to look at Strick. Strick's a good-looking guy. Uh, but we also have uh, Evan Bland of the Omaha World Herald here joining us on the Honda of Lincoln Hotline. Evan, how are you doing today? Hey, doing well, and I am I am not live on the video. I am I'm live via phone today. That is correct. Yeah, we we uh, <laughs> we didn't get you uh, get you in here. Maybe someday we can get you on the video stream. Uh, since you're a weekly guest, I mean, maybe we could work it out. But that would mean we'd you have to set up your computer and all that stuff. I don't know if you want to do that. Uh, you know, I'll take the phone someday. I've actually never been to the ticket studios before, so maybe that's I would love it. List. Oh yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. we should make it a, a, a like a reunion when I get back into town. So that way we have a just a nice little Omaha World Her- Herald Evan Bland and Stricky moment. Yeah, there we go. In, we can studio. We have a moment that's waiting there. I'm in. <laughs> uh, obviously, uh, we're all uh, looking forward to Nebraska baseball having a better season than they did. But as it, as it winds down, what are the scenarios we see? I know they won their their non their final non conference game, but as we head into this final weekend, uh, still a chance that they can get the the eight seed. But do they, they need help? Is that kind of how it's it's working out? Yeah, that's that's the short of it. I mean, you know, they they have put themselves in a position where mo- the, the the clearest path into the Big Ten tournament is to sweep Michigan State, and then you have to hope that some of the teams that are ahead of you uh, get swept as well. That could be Penn State, that could be Michigan, that could be Indiana, but all of those are contingent on Nebraska taking all three. Now, their, their most likely scenario is actually – to pass Purdue and Purdue is a couple games ahead of Nebraska. But um, if they, if Nebraska were to take even two of three from Michigan state and Purdue was to get swept and there, it just so happens Purdue's playing league leading Maryland with a chance to, to win the title, um, then that would also put Nebraska in. So at the bare minimum, you got to win two of three this weekend, more than likely you're going to have to sweep uh, not an ideal situation, but, you know, again, everybody ahead of Nebraska is playing the top four teams in the league. Uh, the Huskers get Sparty, which is the second worst team other than Minnesota. So, you know, it's it, it sets up as a, sort of a long shot, but certainly realistic. And it, it's fun sort of as, as media or fans to lay out the scenarios for Nebraska you know, you got to play clean defense. You got to hit the ball the way that you sort of have been doing the last couple of weeks. And if you do that, you know, again, the opponent on the other side isn't necessarily going to wow you with what they can do. So it's out there in front of Nebraska. Um, I suppose at the absolute least, it's an intriguing final weekend. There are still stakes out there, um, and we'll just we'll see what happens. So Evan, I got, I got a quick question for you, man. Listen, there's something that's kind of popping out there in in the in the uh, the atmosphere that another Texas potentially wide receiver should be joining us this weekend, Marcus Washington, it, it, it may be someone who shows up. Could it be possible that they may be trying to bring in another receiver into an already big uh, wide receiver room to reconnect uh, Washington with uh, Casey Thompson? Yeah, it's possible. I mean, he is visiting. We we confirmed that today. Uh, and it's, you know, he's a guy, if you followed Nebraska recruiting for 
you know, recent years, he was someone who was a, a major target of them in the 2019 class uh, out of St. Louis there. He, he attended some mega camps that Nebraska was at, and, and he'd been to campus before. Uh, he ends up going to Texas and knows Casey Thompson pretty well. Like you mentioned, they had some success uh, connecting uh, in, in, in last season, a little bit at least. And so now he's he's back in the portal and he's looking around. And so, you know, it's a situation where Nebraska can leverage some of its pre-existing recruiting relationships. I'm sure Mickey Joseph is in the fray there as well, as he has been active in, in recruiting guys in. And it's an interesting visitor just from the perspective of, you know, receiver doesn't appear to be one of those glaring needs for Nebraska. Um, but again, the staff has shown sort of their their strategy has been a mix between finding guys at positions of imminent need like quarterback or like defensive line but they've also not been afraid to to go out and to to recruit some younger portal players who they like for the longer term Tommy Hill was an example of that Keen Williams who committed last week uh, as a defensive back is an example of that guys who have you know three or even four years of eligibility left and so the staff uh, clearly liked Marcus Washington the first time around. Now he's coming back and uh, going to see campus again, and, and we'll see what happens. I've seen a, a little bit of a debate on the on the roster talent uh, that Nebraska has coming into this year, and if it matches what they had last year, I think that's what part of the, the disappointment was was you know a, a pretty darn good outgoing class for Nebraska. Um, as you see, with all the additions that they've added in the portal, do you think that this roster is as talented as last season's? Yeah, that's a that's an interesting one. I mean, I think d- the defensive side of the ball is interesting because, you know, it was it was a good defense. It wasn't a championship level defense. Like you knew what you had, you knew who the veterans were, you knew kind of what the, what everybody's strengths were because they've been around so long. And so you swap that out with some unknowns, but but guys who on paper at least have been productive elsewhere and who you know, could be more talented, right? Like O'Shawn Mathis is probably more talented than any defensive lineman Nebraska had uh, coming back, you know, uh, they would have had last year. Um, you know, the secondary, I think, even though it's going to be less experienced, is probably deeper and, and maybe more talented than it was last year. Uh, you know, receiver, you lose guys like Toure. You lose, uh, if you want to include Austin Allen in that at tight end, Um and, and you bring in guys like Trey Palmer and, um, you know, Travis Volkolek's back at tight end. So, like, it's it's an interesting discussion. I don't I don't think it's super lopsided one way or the other. I think it's probably close. Um, Nebraska did a good job of sort of shoring up areas where it did lose a lot of guys, right? It loses Adrian Martinez and, and replaces him with Casey Thompson and Chubba Purdy. Um, the, the, the defensive line is the most obvious example where they lose guys to the – NFL draft or to the transfer portal, or they just retire. And they've addressed that with guys like O'Shawn Mathis and Devin Drew and others. And so uh, I think it has the potential to be better. Certainly uh, how talented can the roster be when you're three and nine, right? And then probably you have to bring coaching into the discussion too. And I think that's the other interesting part is what, what happens this year with some guys who have left the program? What is Adrian Martinez look like at Kansas State? What does Jordan Riley look like at Oregon? Um, and on down the list. Like, if those guys thrive and break out elsewhere, I think that probably tells you what you need to know a little bit. Um, and conversely, if some of the players that Nebraska brought in, whether that's on the lines or the skill position, if those guys 
become instant contributors, sort of like what Michigan State had last year, then ultimately it can be a success story. So I, I think it's somewhat close, but uh, it's certainly an interesting debate. And, of course, as, as we kind of project what Nebraska is going to be, you're seeing a lot of preseason lists and stuff like that, but it's, it's kind of been an ongoing conversation around here. Uh, how likely do you think that a 4-1 and one or 5-0 and oh start is, kind of depending on how you look at Oklahoma? And I think a lot of people are just looking at the, the favorable schedule to begin the year uh, as a reason why Nebraska could take that you know next big step if they can get things going early. Well... You know, it, maybe it's it, maybe it sounds cliche, but I mean, Northwestern—it's got to be the biggest game of the year for Nebraska, and and it, you know, I think I think it's going to be that way all year. Right? It's not it's not the biggest because it's the first, but man, it sets the tone. I mean, you don't have to go back any further than Illinois last year to see how that set the tone for that season, and and that that loss carried over into subsequent weeks. It put a damper on things. Uh, you know, Nebraska players and coaches have often said they just need to get some wind in their sails, get off to a quick start. It has not happened under Scott Frost. So if you go to Ireland and you beat a Northwestern team that, you know, granted wasn't very good last year, but it looks like it'll be better based on some of the players that they've gotten, you know, that, that sets you up. And then you've got North Dakota, Georgia Southern, and then, like you said, Oklahoma, and, and you're, you're starting the, you know, the, the non-con portion of your schedule well. Um, and then you've got your two easiest, on paper at least, Big Ten games with Indiana coming to town and Rutgers. So it's absolutely set up for them, unlike past years, to build some confidence early, to to get those wins under their belt, and and put you in a situation where late in the year you don't have to necessarily, you know, beat all the major powers. You don't have to beat Michigan and Wisconsin and Iowa just to get to a bowl game. Like get those wins early, uh, beat somebody maybe that you're not supposed to show show a, a sign of progress late get to that bowl game and that's that's sort of the the path for nebraska and for scott frost to keep this thing going but man again i I just can't put enough emphasis on how important that northwestern game is to get things going he's evan bland of the omaha world herald our weekly guest here on wednesdays on the block evan thanks for your time today thanks gents Ah, there he goes, Evan Bland of the Omaha World Herald. Again, our weekly guest. You can hear him every week here on the block. It is time to give us a call on the Honda Lincoln Hotline, 402-464-568, because it is uh, 5685. That's not enough numbers. i got to let you know the whole whole uh, number there. Uh, it is time for Shootout with Strick, our, the best show in the world. Well, well, this is the best show in the world, but the best game show uh, in the world. Shootout with Strick. I think the topic today is 2008, so if you... Uh, if you were paying a little bit of attention in 2008, if you lived it like uh, like us, you don't have any more advantage or disadvantage than Strix. So give us a call, 402-464-5685 on the Honda of Lincoln Hotline. First to do so, we'll have a chance to win $15 to Buffalo Wings and Rings. That's coming up next year on The Block.